You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Check us all out on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. We'll talk about the trade deadline some more. It's all the rage around the Charlotte Hornets right now. So we'll talk about maybe potential moves that the Hornets could make and whether they'll actually stay quiet with all of the rumors that are out there. If they actually do they go big or do they go home? Is there any kind of move that they would make that doesn't entail a huge name? The Bucks, they play them tonight. The Hornets have actually played the Bucks well, so possibly. They could get a win. Don't think you would favor them, but we can talk about that game and it's preview a road that game. a little bit. Oh, I'll favor them. Later on, sure. Yes, I will absolutely be pulling for them. We'll see if they can take care of any kind of business against the Bucks. That would be impressive. But first, let's get to the major storyline surrounding the Charlotte Hornets right now. Just found out last night that Kemba is indeed named as a starter in the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is awesome, right? I think yeah. we, we all wanted it. Uh, fans had Dwayne Wade as the other starter. Never trust fans. Yeah, and I think we've learned that in the past. It, it's why Zaza Pachulia gets all-star votes. You can't trust fans to vote for these players, and I think that's what we learned in this. Very hurt, it hit a little bit more personally this time, seeing Kimba lose out to Dwayne Wade in the fan vote, but the media saves the day, and the players saved the day. The players, they did have Kimba Walker as the second starter behind Kyrie Irving. Yep. The, uh, the media... They had the they had Kimba Walker as the second starter behind Kyrie Irving, and I think that was fair. Kyrie's having a very good season, so Kimba comes in as the second guy, and then you have ties with Bradley Beal, Ben Simmons. Those guys are just a couple of the other players that were listed by the media and by the players. Just a couple things to look at. Kimba's reaction, awesome, by the way, idea for the Charlotte Hornets to reveal that to us. Yes. They had Kimba on deck, ready to go for the reaction when they were naming the all-stars they were all watching the tnt broadcast to see who were the all-star starters were going to be kimba watching the tv seeing his highlight his montage and just kind of looking at it for a while then he kind of lets out a subtle laugh and everybody loved it right including myself it was just a cool moment to see because kimba's never too emphatic I don't think it's is naturally low-key yeah he's he's a naturally low-key guy and while you could feel the Maybe not emotion, but certainly you could feel the joy from him. It's not like it was a huge celebration. It was subtle, and yet you could feel this was important to Kimba Walker. No, this was important to Kimba Walker, and I think it was important to a whole lot of people in that building that had believed in him from the start. I know Rick has said before that Kemba is an intensely loyal person, and the fact that this team believes in him, this city believes in him, this city has had his back from jump. That means a lot to start in the All-Star game in your gym. There cannot be a better feeling. And the fact that he's this stoked and still was stoic about it was relatively cool. Yeah, it was humble. It was joy. But you could see the joy that he was taking in it. And then in his comments afterwards, it's clear he's still focused on making the Charlotte Hornets a better basketball team and still focused on the playoffs. I mean, he really is the perfect star in terms of temperament and personality uh, if if you want a team to make the playoffs. It was it was really cool to see, especially because 
you know, last season, it felt like he had a legitimate argument to be an all-star, and he had to go and it was a so joke, many by the hoops way. Yeah, it was a joke. In. Right, like Goran Dragic getting in over Kimba Walker. You know, this this was nothing, I think, of us being, you know, just homeboy or homers and, and homeboys of Kimba and the Charlotte Hornets, right? Like, we wanted to see Kimba there for sure. Yeah. Buzz boys. But at this point, yes, we were the buzz boys. TP and the buzz boys, still the most underutilized <laughs> nickname for the Charlotte Hornets team. <laughs> okay. But we were such big homers for Kimba Walker, and I get that but I don't think that had anything to do with us thinking Kimba should have been in the all-star game last season and it just took so long like Andre Drummond who we'll talk about again just get your takes on Andre Drummond later on Andre Drummond gets in the eastern all-star game or eastern conference all-star game last season he gets to be a a part of that lineup same thing with Goran Dragic which Kimba had a better year than what Goran Dragic did so he gets in right and you're and you're excited that he actually has that accolade it it allows him to be a three-time all-star this season Mm-hmm. But now everybody else understands Kimba does get to be a starter. And while the fans screwed that up, right, as far as who deserves to be an all-star starter, it wasn't Dwayne Wade. I think you're cool. You, he, he still gets recognition for being third. While Dwayne Wade, he's an all-time great. You want to send him out, that's fine. I think still you got fan recognition here. So Kimba nationally, getting the recognition is a pretty cool thing to see. It's a re- relatively cool thing to see. And at the same time, like the media knows about him now, the players know about him. If you wanted to be really panic and doom and gloom, you would be worried. Oh no, does this mean that Kemba's going to leave at the end of the season? Yada 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 yada. But at the same time, I would also say that him getting recognized like this, the moments that Kemba's had, has made the decision to keep Kemba Walker worth it. Like they made the right decision this summer. They could have traded him. They could have started the tank a year early. But rather that, we got a whole bunch of cool moments on top of the fact that one of our guys is going to be starting in the All-Star game. And it means a lot to Kimba, I think, just from the personal growth you've seen him. We've talked about his transformation a lot on this show, from being a guy that was an inefficient three-point shooter to being one of the better three-point shooters in the league. Maybe his field goal percentage from beyond the arc is a little bit down this year, but it's still a guy you have to go over the top of screens. It's, yes. it's not, it's, he's not a, a, a liability for you on that front anymore. He's a very good player. So it means a lot to Kimba, just the personal growth and the journey that it's taken him to get here. What does it mean to the city that Kimba is a starter for this year's All-Star game, especially with the All-Star game being held in the Spectrum Center? I'm not sure that it means a whole lot to the city at large. I think the city of Charlotte is is much different uh, than it was before the Hornets left for New Orleans. I don't know what the temperature is necessarily for this team if it's very high. I think that would change if Kimba is able to lead this team to a playoff series victory. Then all of a sudden, I think there's more general attention towards this team and towards Kimba. But I think to fans, to people who have been following this team closely before they left, when they came back, when they were the Bobcats, and then when they finally transitioned to the Hornets, they've seen the development of Kimba Walker from the very beginning. And he was a very polarizing player uh, when he came to Charlotte because not only an inefficient three-point shooter, but just an inefficient scorer in general. And he had to change uh, the way that he played the game of basketball. And that must have been very difficult because it had taken him to the highest heights in, in college basketball, won him a championship the way he played, and he had to change. And I, I wonder about Steve Clifford, if they've spoken at all, because Clifford uh, was was instrumental in, in confronting Kimba about the way he played the game and if he wanted to continue to play that way or be a, you know, a potential all-star starter someday. Um, but it's just exciting to see if you're a true fan of this team 
uh, him reach this. And it is a milestone. It's a legitimate milestone. It is a career milestone. And guys like Cliff, guys like Bruce Kreitzer, guys like Mark Price at the same time are probably some of the bigger guys that have been influential in his career. And watching him grow and change and be this person now is like like you said, fairly awesome to see now. Is this the best? I mean, the 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 season that he's put up, the All Star starter season. Is this the best season of Hornets basketball ever? I asked Rick Bennell that. We had him on the wake up call earlier today, and he gave some interesting other comparisons. But it's the names you would think. But yeah, I mean, it, Kemba's season does compare. I want to get to that maybe after we take this quick break, and we'll come back and we'll compare Kemba Walker's season this year to other great seasons that have been had here in Charlotte Hornets history. We'll take a quick break. We'll get. To that afterwards it's the locked on hornets podcast here on the locked on podcast network this is locked on hornets 10 al jefferson 9 anthony mason 8 gerald walk 7 baron davis 6 del curry 5 glenn rice 4 mugsy bogues 3 larry johnson 2 alonzo morning number one top charlotte hornet of all time kimba walker thank you everybody the list is done It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Your newest Charlotte Hornet all-star starter this season. He's averaging 25 points. He's shooting 50% from two-point range, which is the highest by a decent amount that he's ever shot in his career. Okay. He's shooting 43, 43.5% from the field just overall. Again, his three-point shooting percentage is a little bit down from what it's been yeah, it's in the last few years. It's it's 36 now, 35.8. But again, this is a very good season from Kimba, especially when you look at what's around him right now. It's a guy that they have to rely on constantly. The last couple of years, they have relied on him heavily. But again, this season as well, it, as soon as he gets the, the 40 points on opening night, he gets the 60 points in November. He has such a good month of November. Struggles in the month of December. We saw it last year. We see it this year. But we, we've gotten past that now. It's mm-hmm. still a guy that has put up good numbers since then. It's it's a great season for Kimba. Do you compare it to other ones and think that it is the best season that's ever been had in Charlotte Hornet history. So, Nada, we'll go to you first. You look at some of the guys that you would think of automatically in this category. I think you immediately think of Glenn Rice. Yes. You immediately think of Larry Johnson. Yes. Alonzo Mourning. Mm-hmm. Eddie Jones. And I think that's probably where you would cut Eddie, it off. Eddie, Eddie is stretching it, though. Eddie well, he was an all-star. Well, he's yeah. the last all-star yeah. starter that we've had. So maybe that's a guy that you bring in at at least just to take a look at for this category. But Kimball Walker, I mean, his season has compared a lot to what we've seen from some of those other guys. I would go with the old heads that have been here way before I was, and they continually say Glenn Rice, that second season was the best they've ever seen in a bas- in a Charlotte Hornet uniform. And when you start looking at the numbers – Outside of the volume, it's really hard to disagree. Kemba might be a close second in this one. He, he's still the franchise's greatest player, but he's probably number two on that list. I am inclined to believe with those old heads that agree yeah. that Glenn Rice's second season was the best. I think that's the season I would go with. And even the, the argument to be had for Kemba, if you're comparing both of these seasons, mm-hmm. is the weight that Kemba has to drag. Yeah. I think if, if you wanted to put credence to that, 
more so and say, okay, that's why Kimba, he beats some of the better numbers that Glenn Rice put up, then okay, I'm, I think that's a good conversation to have. But I'm still going to go with some of the dumbest numbers that we've ever seen from a Hornets player. Glenn Rice's numbers, by the way, in his second season, it was an all-star season for him, as every season here in Charlotte for Glenn Rice was an all-star season. The numbers he put up in his second year... Dude scored almost 27 points per game, 26.8 to be exact. Mm -hmm. Dude shot 47% from beyond the arc, and that was on five and a half three-point attempts per game. He led the league in three-point percentage. It was amazing. Just shooting from the field, being a predominant three-point scorer, by the way, Shooting from the field was almost 48%. I mean, this guy was crazy efficient. His effective field goal shooting percentage was 54.5%. Good Lord. Glenn Rice's offensive numbers and free throw shooting, if you just want to add more stupid numbers, he shot 87% from the charity stripe. Didn't contribute a whole lot assist-wise, even rebounds. He only had four. And we've talked about defense before. Certainly wasn't his strong suit. In fact, Glenn Rice admitted it. When he was acknowledged this <laughs> yeah, uh, last week, yeah, yeah, last weekend, he acknowledged, hey, I know I wasn't contributing on defense like Alonzo was. So when I got traded here, I knew I had to step up my scoring. But man, did he ever. I, I think just one season, right? I think Glenn Rice's second season at age 29. I think that's probably the best one we've ever seen. But Kimba, I, I think you can go second if you compare it to the other guys. And and Glenn did have a lot of you know weapons on that team right. that, that you know, Kimba doesn't. I mean, Anthony Mason, Vladi Divac had a great year that year. Del Curry, of course, Scott Burrell, can't forget him. Can't forget our boy, Scotty yeah. B. Scotty B. Out of UConn. Scotty does know. Uh, but Kimba does do some other things. I mean, he does contribute somewhat on the on the defensive end. Uh, he, he right. He is, uh, you know, he is contributing more in terms of uh, distributing the basketball. So, I think I think there's a legitimate argument. I mean, I tend to go towards Glenn Rice, but I, I think I could be. No, it's not dumb. I think I could be convinced that that Kimba and we we have to see the see this out too. That's yeah, the other thing. we got to right. we got to see the end of this. Right. Thing. So and and it's a very real possibility that Kimba does have that three point percentage maybe climb up to you know could it get to a thirty eight at the end of the season? It could. You know, I think that's within the realm of possibility. Just going up just a little bit, maybe two percentage points. That also the All Star MVP year for Glenn Rice, I believe it was. I think it was, 96-97. So, so again, he gets that All-Star MVP, then we really have a yeah, that No, that's true. That, also, Kimba awesome. right now, 1.2 block percentage. That would represent a career <laughs> high or tied for a career high. So we got to see where that goes, too. See how many blocks he gets. Well, we got to see the block numbers. Yes. I completely that agree. Could be, that could be what turns the tide. Just looking at other names that we brought up, Larry Johnson, if you bring him up, I think you're either looking at his second or his fourth season. Both of those were his only all-star appearances. Okay. I think I'm more inclined to go with his fourth season because that's the year that they unleashed Larry Johnson from the three-point line. And he goes from never shooting better than 25% on less than one attempt per game to shooting two and a half times per game. And he shoots 38.5%. So they unleashed an ability there his fourth season. Still efficient from the field. Still was a guy that could score at a high rate. Averaged 18, average 19 points per game that season. I think that's Larry's best year, but I think you're taking, even with the rebounds, which is something that they would separate him from, from a Kimba or a Glenn, that's actually his lowest rebound rate at 7.2 with the Charlotte Hornets. Now, Glenn's block percentage in 1996 <laughs> 97 was 0.6. That's half of Kimba's 1.2 block versus. I'm telling you guys, this is what's going to turn the tide. You look at Alonzo Mourning's first three seasons, which all were with the Charlotte Hornets. 
I think you just throw a dart at any of those three. They're all the same. It's They're pretty all crazy. The same. Yeah. Yeah. You look at 21 points per game every single season. So the, the lowest that he had with the Hornets was 21. The highest that he had was 21 and a half. Okay. You, know, you look at the rebounding. The, the lowest that he had was 9.9. The highest that he had was 10.3. The blocks, because I know Doug wants to hear that. The lowest that he had was 2.9. The highest that he had was three and a half. You know, like his seasons were basically identical. The field goal percentage, it relatively stayed the same. So you can just throw a dart at Zoe's and then we'll bring up Eddie Jones just to bring it up. I mean, this was, again, the last time we've ever seen a Charlotte Hornet as a starter in the All-Star game. You know, his field goal percentage wasn't all that great at 43 percent from the field, shot 37 percent from three. Averaged 20 points per game in his all-star season. But we talked about this, and I think maybe we've mentioned this. Guys, that would be awesome in today's era, even maybe more so than what they were He is absolutely him and Rice. Him and Rice, yeah. Glenn Rice would be absolutely amazing in this era, as well as Eddie Jones. And defensively, Eddie Jones led the league in steals his one year with Charlotte, too. So defensively, Defensively, just on the perimeter, Eddie Jones takes the cake in that regard. Yeah, Eddie Jones was probably the best defender and I say that knowing Zoe was doing work. Perimeter defender, I'll get on board yeah, with. Yeah. But I would say Eddie Jones, for like in terms of just effort on defense, probably the best defender that we're talking about in this regard. I would also say that when you start talking about Eddie Jones, LJ, and Zoe, and Glenn Rice to a lesser extent, you got to bring back the, like the supporting cast. Again, Eddie Jones had what? Jamal Mashburn. Maybe a couple of other guys I cannot remember at the time. But you also had, again, Zoe had, what, Kendall Gill at one point? Yeah. No, one it, of those years. Right. Muggsy, Dell, and LJ. Like, at some point, those two take it take it from each other. The argument for Kimba is the weight that he has to carry. Yeah. And, and another thing that's working against Eddie Jones is only .7 blocks per game for Eddie Jones. So that's all you're working yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. He's eliminated in Doug's eyes. <laughs> he is. He does not get any respect. Speaking of blocks, now Glenn <laughs> did not average in any season over one uh, block percentage uh, in a, in a season uh, over one. And and Kemba has done it twice now, or will do it twice if the numbers hold. And I just think you you really just have to give that some credence. It, it, it get out of here with your block percentage. We're giving you Daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month. All it is is just $1. You'll be supporting the content that you depend on. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. Again, that's patreon.com slash LOH. We'll talk about the Bucks game that we have tonight. Going up against Milwaukee, going to be a tough contest. We'll preview that one next here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Did Glenn even know how to- this is Locked on Hornets. You know, Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor. They had at least one out there the entire they time. They four Hall of Famers. Yeah, they do. And <laughs> you so just you put them have, anywhere. You just have one out Stack there. Stack them up. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. You guys were talking about the weight that Kemba has had to shoulder on this team right now, working with a 31% usage percentage. In that second season that you were discussing of Glenn Rice, only hit uh, 26.9%. Mm. 26.9. You should present, like, you look at some of the other, how that compares to what people were putting up in the past. It is hilarious to see how much it goes up. Like Larry Johnson, his usage percentage with the Hornets the first five years of his career never got above 22. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, you look at Alonzo Mourning. It it is pretty high, but it never gets above twenty seven. So Alonzo twenty seven point three. That it's maybe you would expect a little bit more. Maybe not from a big man. Eddie yeah. Jones. You look at his season here in Charlotte. It got twenty three and a half. Like you. Like you think of some of the numbers that are be putting up right now by some of the stars in the NBA today, it's ridiculous. Like, what is James Harden putting up? Like, after scoring forty points per game in the last twenty-five games, like his usage. What is research stat guy? What is his usage number? Like, what he's putting up right now? Right now, it stands at forty point six percent. So, comparing that to Akimba, comparing that to guys that were our stars that were starting in All Star games for the Hornets, comparing forty to what it would be for a Larry Johnson who was putting up like twenty two, mm-hmm. and Zoe at twenty seven, and James Harden, his ridiculous. last like two hundred points scored, I think, have all been unassisted. It's something crazy. I don't know the exact stat, but it's something insane like that. Wait, so is there anybody even close? Like, is there anybody that's even close to putting up what James Harden is doing usage percentage wise? Like the guys you would think of, I mean, would all be time, Kobe. Kobe comes to mind. Michael would come to mind. LeBron probably has a season in there. Like Dwayne sandwich years where he is between the championship run and before LeBron and Chris Bosh coming, I could see his usage percentage getting pretty high. Maybe even an Allen Iverson. I would imagine that finals run, AI is probably up there. All right, I I got the list pulled up now. Actually, there's one guy that has Harden beat currently – and that it's the name that probably makes the most sense when you really think about it. It's Russell Westbrook. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Put up a 41.65, the highest the NBA has ever seen in 2016 17. Was that the first season without KD? I, I guess so. I'm still. Was that the MVP year for him? I guess it would make sense if it's the MVP year. It's still a little surprising because James having to do this without Chris Paul and without Capella. And you don't have a whole lot of talent as far as offensively. Yeah, like with this team. Eric Gordon and again, granted, Eric Gordon right. still probably mad at PJ Tucker once. I would imagine so. And then Oklahoma City, you know, at least they had the talent, but Russell just—I mean, he he was stat padding. There's yeah. no doubt about of it. Of course, he was. So that was the first season without Kevin Durant. So he really he took the mantle as sense. much as a human being can take the mantle. Uh, let's go back to my list here. If top, I, so we're looking at top 20 usage percentages. Of all there, time. And there's no way that Kimba is getting up there, but James Harden. So we only got one name that beats James Harden right now, and that's Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, the only uh, guy that's higher than James Harden. Kobe's there, 38.74 at number three, the 2005-2006 season. Uh, no pal had like Kwame yeah. Brown and Lamar Odom. He was dragging <laughs> that team. Smush Parker on that team. I think that was wasn't that the eighty one season. I think that was the eighty one. Possibly he, he they lost in the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. Uh, Russell there again at thirty eight point three seven in the twenty fourteen fifteen season. MJ comes in at five. Allen Iverson six. Demarcus Cousins seven. Dwayne Wade one of the sandwich years thirty six point two two in two thousand eight. And at number nine is a name that if you're listening, you will never (laughs) guess in a million years. And it's not some obscure name. It's not Oscar Robertson. It's not some like crazy old name. This happened in the decade of the aughts, 2000 to 2010. Would you got, I presented this to you before the show. 2000 to 2010. Yes. Would you like to take one more guess before I reveal this insane name? Yeah, I is is there any other? I don't know. Is it's there, not Steve Nash, is it? Steve Nash would be. I 
I feel like that's one that you could probably land on. I mean, I, I don't even know how crazy we have to go to get this one. I don't know. I'm I'm no more guesses for me. Steve Nash will be for both of us. Let's no, hear it. Number nine on the all-time NBA single season usage percentage is Jermaine O'Neal. Okay. Wow. 2004, 2005. I, I probably should have had a better chance at that. Wow. Being, holding some dual fandom for the Pacers. How did you not get that I, one? I, I don't know. I, I got scared. I thought that, that maybe there would be some other name that was even more obscure than that one. But Jermaine O'Neal, that's a guy that's always forgotten about. Yes, All-star year, 24 points per game, 8.8 rebounds per game, uh, shot 45% from the field that year. Obviously, no three-point shooting for Jermaine O'Neal. Love me some Jermaine O'Neal. My first All-Star jersey, my only All-Star jersey, I believe, is a Jermaine O'Neal All-Star jersey. You know, you have you're like now that you're doing this podcast, you're kind of obligated to get a Kemba Walker All-Star jersey this uh, I, year. because I just said that because I have one for Jermaine O'Neal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't real. It was my my brother got me one. What's well, not the stitching, right? So it, it's really small because I would have been. God, I would have been what twelve years I old. I would hope if, if you could, if you could fit it now. Still, I would have some questions. No, I, I can't fit it in now. But that is my only All Star. I did drop this nugget on the wake up call earlier today. My first ever NBA poster that I had hanging in my room mm-hmm. was an Eddie Jones Charlotte Hornets poster. My oh. first ever one. That was it. And then uh, I got a Vince Carter slam dunk contest poster with the two thousand one All Star rosters. But Eddie Jones, my first NBA poster. And right now, Kimba Walker's usage uh, percentage would land him at about. Uh, in the 150 range all time. Yeah, that's so far down. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell actually right now at 31.3 is 149. I could see that. That's yeah. a, but that's just insane. I can see how much he's getting that usage percentage up, but still, it's insane to see. And congratulations to Kimba Walker. We've kind of got on a tangent here. Uh, we will mention the Bucks game just real quickly, just to mention that you are playing the Milwaukee. Have to? Yeah, just a little bit. We'll just end with that. Bucks third offensive rating in the league. Uh, first in defensive rating. Coach Boonholzer has this team playing so well. Not a, we came into this studio and talked about the first game of the season for the Charlotte Hornets on just how well and just how highly we thought of Mike Budenholzer taking this team to another level. It's come to fruition. They're a dominant basketball team. Yeah, let me put it this way. You know how much I'm looking forward to this game, Walker? How 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 much are you looking forward? How much are you looking forward to? I scheduled to a date for tonight. Oh yeah. The game. Tell us more. Are you excited about tonight's date? Yes, yeah, rest Charlotte restaurant week. I'm going over to Finn and Fino, gonna enjoy some I went to Chima for restaurant week and ate my weight in all sorts of different cuts of steak, and it was amazing. So if you take a date out on restaurant week, it's a smart decision. Chima would be good. Where you say you're going again? Finn and Fino. Finn and Fino is a nice little spot right over there by the Beckler Center, Art Center. Stay tuned on Monday. Yeah, for I was about to say. We're, we're gonna have to not we, as dates. We're gonna have to get a breakdown. <laughs> not as know. night out. Yes, not as night out. Perfect. You find some alliteration in there, and it works for me. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back to talk about not as date on Monday. <laughs>